0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: This is Chris Fedders of dogman.com, and I'm here with the head of hoops, Mr. Aaron Beach, and we are here at the Kraken Iceplex. This is kind of middle ground for us, me being in Ballard and you in Linwood, We kind of decided to meet in the middle and have a sandwich and uh, talk a little Washington hoops to kind of put a cap on the season and kind of what went right, what went wrong. And uh, Mike Hopkins trying to kind of get this thing reestablished for him. Beach, um, just generally speaking, because I know you've kind of been looking at this thing from afar and going to a few games here and there and whatnot, what do you think is kind of the general assessment of, of the program? Do you think, as fans, should they be encouraged, or do you think that uh, they still fall short?
2: <laughs> That's a loaded question. So, uh, I, I, two things. First of all, I don't think I can, re- I can't remember ever being more entertained by a 500 ball club, at least uh, call as far as college basketball is concerned. So, I, I have really enjoyed, thoroughly enjoyed watching those guys play, right? And, and from a reestablishing a culture, Perspective. I think uh, Hopkins and Crew did an amazing job of getting things back on track, somewhat. Um, at the same time, they ruined the season, um, you know, early last year, right, in basically in November uh, or December. And so, from that perspective, um, you know, the season was a loss, right? And even though they improved over the season before, um, <laughs> I mean, they were a thirteen-eleven team, right? Uh, you know, is that our new bar, right? In my opinion, Washington is certainly do a whole lot better than that. Yeah, but to go from five
1: wins to seventeen wins, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, more than tripling, you know, your output and, and things like that. I mean, is it reasonable that fans should have expected a potential tourney birth somewhere, even NIT, or do you feel like this year was still gonna be
2: a step in the right direction and ultimately one that they did take? No, well you and I had long pods at the start of the season. I was pretty emphatic that I thought this was a team that was built to contend um at the downside I guess was that um it took too long to gel and that's what happens I think that's that's the price you pay when you build your team uh in the portal rather than from recruiting and so on one hand um the talent was amazing I think it was kind of a and not a once in a decade type of haul that they got that allowed them to be you know to improve eight games um I, I don't think they can Duplicate that. I don't think that's going to happen again. So my question, I guess, is whether or not Washington did enough to restore the foundation of the program to carry that over, you know, you know, into this next season and, and moving down the road. Okay. Well, ultimately, leading on that one, where do you think they ultimately fell short? Well, another thing we talked long and hard about was where the team's boards were coming into the season and the guys that needed to uh, increase their productivity that were really the keys this season. We thought that they were going to be really inconsistent shooting the ball and they were as bad as we expected from that perspective. But I think we also, you and I both talked a lot about uh, CM Bay, you know, he was kind of the guy that we looked to that had shown really improved, a lot of improvement shooting the ball. Right. And so we thought he was going to be a big factor and he just wasn't. So I think that they couldn't afford to have the one or two guys that could shoot the ball, um, you know, not do it on a consistent basis. So to me, that was it because they had an elite defense even though statistically speaking, and we were just looking at the numbers, yeah. they finished you know near the bottom in terms of score, uh, scoring defense, yeah. both three-point and field goal. Yep. But at the same time, you saw that's where stats clearly were lying to us because we know how effective at creating turnovers and opportunities that defense was. Yep. So I loved that. That reminded me of the old days. Absolutely did, and I hope that we continue to see that down the road because that's absolutely the right blueprint at least defensively for uh, what Hopkins does. Yeah, and you mentioned a guy
1: like Jamal Bay. He goes from leading the league in in three-point percentage last year, shot 29 or 28% in league this year. Yep. I mean, that's you know, when you when you need a guy to step up and and the exact opposite happens, yep. you know, it's almost in some ways they were able to succeed in spite of some of the players Really struggling or just not being able to reach their potential. Um, let's talk about some of the reasons why you think they are really, really close to being that team. That Thank you know, you. I I don't know if people thought that they necessarily would have been an NIT type team, but Washington State made the NIT,
2: and they're not that far away from Washington State. Yeah. Well, the lack of balance with Washington was ultimately what did them in. You can't you can't have Terrell Brown, who's the best player in the conference. Um, you know, and, and then your next best guy's scoring 12 points a game, and then you don't have any other d- d- double digit scores. Right. Um, I mean, that's that's the first thing. So they were completely dominated by Terrell's brilliance. Okay. Um, they don't share the ball at all, and they're losing their best, um, you know, assist guy in Terrell Brown. So they're losing half their assists for next season, and they were the worst team at that in the conference this year. So um, there's, I don't think they're that close. I don't think next season, unless they, you know, make magic in the portal, that they're gonna, there's any way they can improve, at least from a record perspective, going into next season. Well, but that said, did we expect Terrell Brown to be the leading scorer in the Pac-12 and leading steals guy in the Pac-12
1: going into the season? I don't remember no. us predicting that at no, all. No, not at all.
2: We thought he was going to be dynamic, and there was a lot of national buzz just on, yeah. hey, this guy's actually going to do some things. But, if, if anything,
1: I thought that there was going to be a lot more balance between him and Dejon mm-hmm. scoring-wise, and as you've
2: rightly pointed out, it turned out to be completely one-sided. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Um... You know, and I loved what Emmett Matthews was able to do. He definitely was probably—I I would say—he's the most improved. Um, we saw his his shot was consistently improving, or, or you know, towards the end of the season. So he was knocking down three pointers and added that to his game. Um, but overall, they're just—you know—this was a team not—they they were only go as far as they get they did. And I don't think that um, there's a lot of. Based on what's still in the roster currently, I don't see any real – that's not true. I see a little bit of upside, but I certainly don't see NCAA tournament upside.
1: Yeah. But from an objective viewpoint, and I know that's hard to do, when you go from a team that had four Pac-12 wins last year to 11 this year, it's still the second most that a, that a Mike Hopkins team has ever had since he's been here. Mm-hmm. Is, is, it, is it still tough to say, nope, there was, there's, there's still no light at the end of the tunnel? Or can you give some optimism to fans um, out there?
2: Well, they didn't beat anybody who was any good. So, you know, <laughs> including Oregon, including Colorado. Yeah, those are middling teams. They right. certainly—I mean, they're beat NIT any, teams. They—they yeah. they beat right. the, the three
1: teams, the three Pac-12 teams that are in the NIT. They beat them all. Right. But, but you're right. They didn't. The beat Any of the teams in the NCAA tournament, they didn't beat any of them. Right. The only one that they beat that I'm aware of is South
2: Dakota State. Yeah. And that might arguably be their best win of the entire season. It absolutely was. Um, and that was when because they, they look good best. doing yeah. it. Yeah, yep. So, uh, but at the same time, I, you know, you're losing most of your production from that team who, who did, you know, was very average ultimately. So, yeah. um, do I see light at the end of the tunnel? Currently, um, it's got to come from the portal. Uh, I like the guys that they're bringing in, but they're more long-term contributors. I think it's going to take time to develop. They're all 150 pounds dripping wet, right? They're little guys. They're all beam poles. It's going to take some time just to physically mature to this point. Uh, They need a point guard in the worst way, right? Uh, They need a veteran uh, point guard out of the portal because that guy's not on the roster currently at all. Um, And I guess they badly need a a contributor in the post, right? They need a, a, a rim defender. And unless... Roberts comes back, they don't have that either. So um, they've got a lot of holes to fill. Um, You know, I I like, well, anyway. um, Well, I was just going to say,
1: you mentioned Nate Roberts, and and obviously there's a handful of 50-50 guys That have the chance to come back. Whether you're talking about him, you're talking about Bay, talking about Riley Sorn, talking about Emmett Matthews, who we expect to be back. But who are the most important guys that you feel need to come back in
2: order to keep this thing going? Uh, It's definitely Emmett. I love the idea of Nate coming back, even though he's not a perfect fit. He knows what uh, what Hopkins needs. He knows the system backwards and forwards, and he really did come on strong, right? Especially the second half of the season. It feels we saw like, improvement.
1: Yeah, it feels like the teaching of Wyking Jones is starting to really yep. take shape for him. And that's why I'm kind of wondering if he's looking at the last couple weeks before the season ended and the tournament and kind of wondering, man, I really made some big steps. I'm wondering what I could look like a year
2: from now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's that's got to be intriguing to him. Absolutely. I, and this is a good in, Clearly, Hopkins has a lot of trust in him. Yeah. Um. So I, bringing him back, I think, is, you know, definitely an answer. Right. It right? uh, would be a real important part of this. The two biggest jumps that need to be made are from Kolbagama and PJ Fuller. Yeah. So those are, if we're looking just purely from what's there right now, those are the guys that it's going to be critical for them to take big steps next year for them to have any hope of being consistently competitive. Right. Right. And I don't know what they do with Bay. I don't know if he comes back or not. Um, clearly, I think he's, his ceiling is what it is, right? Yeah. I think we've established that. But he is an extremely high-level defender. And, you know, in Hopkins' system, that's, that's very important. So I'm not discounting him coming back either and right. playing a key role. Right. Um, as long as it's not uh, at the expense of developing somebody who has a bright future and a high ceiling within the program, you know, over the next two or three years. Right. And you mentioned the, the, the
1: three incoming guys, Corn Johnson, Keon Mennefield, uh, Tyler Linhart. I mean, all project guys, yeah. although I, I think Menefield could be a guy that could come in and score, maybe like a Williams-Goss or a Sahonis. Um I don't know what you see in him necessarily, but it feels like of the three guys, he's the one that might be the most ready to try
2: and contribute. Mm-hmm. Well, he definitely has some electric skills. Uh, he's, he's a dynamic athlete. Um, and can put up big numbers, at least did on the AAU circuit, on the EYBL. Yeah. Um, he, I think he scored like 30 some on, like close to 40 points in the yeah. state championship game back yeah. in Detroit. So um, there's obviously some upside there. Um, you know, can he come in and handle the other facets of the game and um, Hawkins' really complex defensive system? Um, and, and I guess more importantly, how long does that take? Do they eliminate themselves from any kind of contention for the postseason? in the first two months of the season while they're getting these guys to figure it out. Right. So that would be my bigger concern heading it, the way that they constructed the team last season and how I think they're going to have to construct it again this season. Right. That's my concern.
1: Right. Because I think we're in kind of an agreement that the non-conference is where they lost any possibility yeah, it was of over. That. It was over before it ever started. You can't lose to Northern Illinois and Grand Canyon and some of these other teams um, to be able to do that. Now, you know, you lose to a Wyoming, for instance, but Wyoming's in the tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... You don't want to lose to those guys, and obviously if you beat them, that's a resume builder, but uh, not having any Tier 1 wins is, is really kind of crushing for them. And they, and that's the point. I guess the question is how quickly can you see this team hitting the ground running with the current pieces that they have? And, and what you say, obviously, they would need a point guard. That's clearly a portal
2: type <laughs> yeah. of thing. Right now and, you, your boat has no rudder currently.
1: Yeah, and, and even if Nate Roberts does come back, you would still f- assume because obviously Langston Wilson will be back. But he really is more of a stretch guy. Yeah, he is. Jackson Grant's more of yeah, a stretch forwards, guy. You know, they, it feels like they need another guy. I know, uh, you know, Kepnang from from Oregon is a guy that mm-hmm. people have talked a little bit about. I don't know if Kepnang's yeah. the answer. But yeah. a Kepnang-type player, yeah. body-wise and
2: stuff, feels like – are yeah, you in agreement? That's that's the guy that fits to me. Yeah, uh, But is that guy available, yeah. right? Because that guy's probably looking at bigger schools – you know for his future opportunities right i mean honestly if for Oregon to Washington where the two programs are at right now you're taking a pretty big step backwards right right so i, I don't i don't feel like that's very logical uh, i think more likely you're looking at i saw like a guy like Nick Lynch just hit the portal to me bigs are highly coveted so that's probably the type of guy that they have access to right um, realistically
1: yeah well it is it is going to be interesting to see what kind of talks that they have with these players now. Because I think that there's going to be some where they're going to be really intrigued and then there's some where they're going to be like, this is the requirement and it's our way or the highway mm-hmm. with a couple of those guys for yeah. sure. Um, ultimately, I guess maybe I'm looking for a quick projection based on what they did this year. What do you think they're capable of
2: doing next year if they get the right pieces? If they get a seasoned experience point guard and they have they need more scoring punch on the wing, uh, whether that's from Bajuma Fuller or a transfer or right you know, um, or Sammy, maybe. Um, and they've obviously got to either bring back Nate or find someone else in that role. So those are key pieces, right. that has to happen yeah. for them to be competitive even, right right? Otherwise, you're talking a probably a significant step back right. So maybe you know, on the upside, they're probably, about the same as this year. Maybe 12-13 wins. Right. Realistically. dropping in the, league. Yeah. Okay. Uh, no. We're about 12-13 oh. wins. They were 17-15 and 15 this year. Um, yeah. That's so what you I'm think saying. They're going to take a step back. Okay. There's no way they're going to do that again. They're not going to win 17 games again. And you're really accounting that pretty much just because they can't find another Terrell Brown? No. That guy was, you know, he's a once-in-a-decade
1: type of talent. I believe he's a once-in-a-decade talent in terms of how he did his scoring.
2: Well, I don't, I don't feel like there's another elite Seattle guy out there who's in his fifth year ready to transfer back home to, you know, win conference MVPs. Do you think just, that's the only way it works? They have to get a guy from Seattle? No, but I think that's to get a guy who's capable of overachieving yeah. uh, the way uh, Terrell did. Right. Yeah. That's Otherwise, that guy's going to Kentucky. Right. Or Kansas or... Somewhere like where he, like he can Atari, go in. Like
1: a Yeah,
2: can, exactly. That's a terrible, awful, great example. Well. <laughs> Too soon? Too, Too soon? soon? Okay. Too soon. Too soon. Well, yeah, okay, I got you, I got you. Yeah. Um, I guess one of
1: the other questions I had for you is, do you feel like, because it felt like over the course of the season they made some huge tries defensively, mm-hmm. and it felt like it wasn't just as much as the players got it, but they also made some adjustments schematically with kind of that matching man mm-hmm. and some of the other things where it started in zone and then it would mm-hmm. match out do you feel like Hopkins now has a better idea of not just the kind of defense that will work based on the zone as the, as the base but also the personnel that has to fit because ultimately my feeling is the reason he got off the track was because he didn't recruit to the system mm-hmm. and it feels like his everything is defense first for him mm-hmm. as, as you yeah. rightly pointed out he just he just has to recruit to it
2: yeah, well, I'd say huh, I agree with you, but if you look at at least the dimensions of the guys coming in, they're small guards. Yeah. Right, so... And Linhart's more like a Bajima type. Right. So,
1: but he could play up top. He could, Maybe. Because he did play Cole up in the front, and, yep. and he's got his
2: length. If you could play, but you're right, the guards are not big guards. Right, and they're they're good defensive guards. right. But they're like 6-1. Right. Right? Um, and I didn't get to see Kings enough. I don't know how Tyler is. I right. don't know defensively where he comes in, right. at what level. But 1A guards, yeah. typically even Kispert came in and he struggled. Right. And he's not Kispert. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think that's expecting any of those three to come in and, like, even tread water at the defensive level we had last season, impossible. Just right. Forget about it. Right. So, yes, I think. Hopkins has a better understanding of how this whole thing works now and the players that fit his system. Right. But I don't know that he recruited that. He did that last spring. Yeah. But I don't think this time around I don't see the same blueprint. Right. Um, and, you know, I think that's probably a little bit concerning to me.
1: Since we don't know, obviously, the futures of Bay and Roberts and some of those guys yet, we expect Soren to probably retire, or graduate and, mm-hmm. and go on. Um of the guys that we haven't talked about so we've talked about fuller and matthews those guys need mm-hmm. to step up obviously and be a big part of the next year's team When we talk about guys like jackson grant or reb mm-hmm. some of these kids who are the ones that you feel are getting a lot closer to
2: where they need to be well we didn't see either of those guys right during the season yeah um, once jackson got covid that was it so yeah um we don't know what to expect. They all kind of play. All, all, all those guys are kind of fours, right? Including yeah. Langston. So um, all that upside is in the one position, yeah. and I don't know that any of them are the answer yet. Right. Right. So that's a problem. Right. Um, because none of them's a clear Pac-12 starter next season. Right. For sure. It's funny because
1: you looked at Araby, and, and of course, everyone. We were. I wrote the story on it when he first committed. And we talked about one of the reasons he wanted to come to Washington. in The Pac-12 was because there were there were players at Washington State and Oregon State from the same area that were having a lot of success, like Abogidi and some of these guys. And it just it's you just don't
2: see that necessarily with mm-hmm. him. He doesn't. It doesn't feel like he's that kind of guy. No, I, I, no. And again, I haven't seen enough of him yet, but um, rarely. Are those guys instant answers, right? Right. It's probably you know this year if they get ten minutes, twelve minutes a game out of him, yeah, great. That's probably what you're looking for, and you're looking up, you know, for him to ramp towards his junior season, probably where he can make a real impact. Yeah, and that's a lot of this roster. Well, Beach, I was hoping that
1: we were going to give people a little bit more optimism, dude. I don't know in this season-ending podcast. Well, especially the way the season ended, it just feels like. It, it, it felt like the USc game was kind of a microcosm for the whole season mm-hmm. like they, they they ramped it up they got mm-hmm. they got were kind of in a position where they could have tasted a little bit of success and then they lost a key component like they lost Roberts when he fouled out and then everything just kind of fell apart and they didn't they could not find a plan b mm-hmm. in order to be you know in order to be able to adapt and not just survive but thrive mm-hmm. and ultimately i think that's kind of the difference with this group is that I think everyone loved to watch them play. Mm-hmm. I think everyone really loved how exciting they were to play at times, mm-hmm. but they were really frustrating to watch as well, <laughs> um, especially on the offensive end, yeah. because they couldn't find that complimentary shooter to yep. go with Terrell Brown.
2: And that was a big part of it. It's hard to you know earn a lot of assists when your guys are shooting you know thirty one percent from three, right? right? So Washington really needs to you know take a fairly significant jump in that way to con- even just to compete consistently in Pac twelve you got to get into that 35-plus percent team yeah. three-point percentage, or you're not going to be a top, you know, upper half team in the conference system. And,
1: and I wasn't and, – and, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but when I – you know, Hopkins has talked a lot about this, when you take those threes and – he wants to see the wide open, the good looks, mm-hmm. the ones that he doesn't mind those guys taking instead of the contested and a shot clock type stuff. And I didn't get the sense that those were the shots that were being taken. I thought the shots, by and large, that were being taken were good mm-hmm. shots, yep. you know, based on whether it was Brown yep. Smart driving in thoughts. dishes. I thought the same thing. Yeah, and and, and it's just, you're right. And, and that is ultimately the hardest part because I can remember a number of games at uh, Alaska Airlines Arena today or where you had them on the verge of just getting this place to erupt. Mm-hmm. And it just never yeah. very rarely happened. Yep. You know, whether it was, you know, Bay had an open 3 or Bajma had an open 3 or Davis had an open 3 or one of those guys Emmett or one of those guys and it just never ever happened. And it, that was the really disappointing part because they just felt like they they kept getting to the top, close to the top of the mountain mm-hmm. and then it's just
2: oh and, and I think ultimately that's maybe the, the, the story of the season. Well, and that's for that reason. I, I mean, honestly, I thought they were going to be, I thought they were built to win in the conference tournament. And had they gotten past USC, I was liking their chances just because they're so hard to game plan against on short notice. Even with Arizona and UCLA success yeah. against them, I thought we were going to be a tough out. And uh,
1: that was crazy because the entire tournament was chalk except for one game. Mm-hmm. And that was that eight nine game, which is never a chalk game, anyways. Yeah. That's always a, a full on toss up. Yeah. I think it's Stanford. Um, I don't remember who they teamed. Was it? Who was it? Who would they beat? I can't remember. But it was the, the classic eight nine matchup. Right. Um, so it, it's just uh, yeah. Ultimately. I, th- I feel, my personal opinion, is that was a pretty satisfying year mm-hmm. when compared to last year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And it, and, and it really, I feel like it really did set the foundation and the base, mm-hmm. but it also set the base expectation. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, I, I do get the sense that even if you don't feel like they can get to a tournament next year, that will spell the difference between whether or not Mike Hopkins stays or goes.
2: Yeah, I mean, to me, they've got to win. 18, 19 games for anybody to feel like like to even a suggestion that he should still be around at the end of next season, and furthermore that they got to be recruiting and you got to see more talent coming in the funnel because they can't sustain bringing in three star guys. Yeah. You're not going to win in the Pac-12 when then you know bringing in three star guys. Period. Yeah. Uh, and that's their Washington went back to that. Yeah. Um, so I yeah I've got concerns. I wish I could be more excited.
1: What about what about the idea that you know people, guys on the outside look at Terrell Brown and and the way that the coaches can pitch that as like you could be the next Earl Brown, you could be our featured scorer and you can do the same types
2: of things. Well, that I guess that would be the argument you'd make for Corn Johnson because okay. they have kind of similar attributes. Um, you know, Corn's a bit more of a shooter, but he's not an electrifying athlete by any stretch. Um, he's a good three-point shooter, but he's going to get into the rim. Um, and I'm talking about Portal. Yeah, I'm sure. talking about finding... Oh, I mean, there's a mountain of playing time available for anyone who wants, you know, who's good enough to be here and do it. Yeah. Um, but it's, again, the competition for these elite portal guys is fierce. Yeah. And you don't have a bunch of in house Seattle guys that are dying to come back home to finish, right? Or maybe you do. I just well, I don't see Oh, dad. you mentioned Nick Lynch is like one of the main ones that we've yeah, already seen. Yeah,
1: and um, and I haven't seen enough of him to know whether he's grown into a legitimate he's a tank. five. He's or... like a
2: Sam Timmons type. So, but
1: he's a legitimate five.
2: Oh, for sure. He's two hundred fifty five pounds, six yeah. eleven. Uh, yeah. So he's a, he's a tank. Um, but I don't know if that even fits Hopkins, right? right. I think he could play a role and do you know play fifteen minutes a game, right? Um, and, you know, he's a big, strong guy.
1: Well, you know, if he, if they do play the zone predominantly, if they're yep. going to stick with their base like they usually do, he could certainly be a rim protector. But
2: he's not a, well, no, but he's not, though, is the problem. He's okay. not a shot blocker at all. Okay. That's not what he does. Okay, um, He's got some solid offensive skills. His feet are a little on the slow side. He can shoot a little bit. Um, but I think as a compliment or a backup to Nate, that's probably a pretty good uh, you know solution. That's, you know, for 12 to... Fourteen minutes a game. Okay, I'd probably use it Okay,
1: so to to wrap this thing up, what do you you have any final thoughts? Do you do, you, do you, is there anything else that's kind of gnawing at you, or whether no, it's whether I, it's lost ex, or or, or uh, blown expectations or
2: um, anything wh- like that? No, where I feel I feel for Will and Quincy because I want so badly. Everyone in this town wants so badly for those guys to succeed in the roles they're in and to grow their careers and you know. I think there are a ton of people that want to see Will ultimately, you know, at the helm at Washington, right? But I, they, need to, they need success at this point, right? They're kind of being dragged down by the head guy or, you know, and, and if you're making change, anyway, that's, that to me is the thing that um, kind of keeps me up a little bit more, yeah. is when you've got those guys that are so critical and been such big parts of the program, yeah. I, I, I don't want to see those guys disappear.
1: Yeah, it's interesting for me because I think that is true, and, and certainly I think there's made some strides there. And obviously Quincy's still finding his footing. Totally. I mean, this is his first, you know, yep. job at that level, and he's growing into it. And obviously, I think he's the recruiting, the off season stuff. I think is mm-hmm. one of the big reasons we were really hopeful mm-hmm. that he would hit the ground running strong. And I think we're going to see that hopefully this summer. I, I hope so. Um, you know, my only the biggest regret I have for for a guy is Dejon Davis. Yeah. I, I really I really feel for Dejon especially how the season ended for Perhaps. him. Um, overall, I, I was really struck by how where his offense went. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it just disappeared, but it did. Um, but you still can't take away from his defense. And well, he was, he had Matisse Thiebel type moments mm-hmm. for this team. And, I mean, that kind of an impact. He did. He really did. Yep. And that's why I feel like that injury was such a, a hammer blow. And it, it, it I, I feel, on the one hand, I think it was great for the team to bounce back and still finish the way that they did without him. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you're left with a sense of wondering what could have been if he had been 100% healthy and really contributing to this team the way Mm -hmm. that I know Hopkins feels like he could have.
2: Well, you know, even when they were kids, when they were younger, and it was Terrell. Yeah at running point who right. was totally unheralded and, and discredited because right. all the attention went to Dejon Davis right. and to Jalen Noel, Noel. Yeah. right? Yeah. And really I think we now see where a lot of that engine, you know, who, who drove that car. Right. Um, and, but they struggled nationally. Those three guys, as great as they are really struggled. And so part of me wasn't all that surprised to see that at this level, those guys together struggled again. Um, just because I don't think their skills are necessarily complimentary as good as they are. So, but okay. I'm with you because I, Dajon's awesome. He's the best kid, um, and you know he's really a joy to watch, and uh, to see the way he just got would get dinged up. Um, I'm bummed it didn't, you know, end better for that guy.
1: especially. Right. Oh yeah, no, for sure. I, I just it would have been nice for him to finish the way that I know he would have wanted yeah. to. But the, the 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 last thing I'll leave. The, the pod with is that um, according to Kim who was down in Vegas and, and was close to these guys and really kind of followed what was going on game to game it sounds like that this team was absolutely crushed mm-hmm. after what happened with USC at the end. I believe it. And the locker room it was really tough. I believe it. Um, because of, I think of how close these guys have gotten yeah. and how tight everyone has been and I'm wondering how, mu- how close they're going to hold that feeling in mm-hmm. When it comes to when it comes yeah. to using it as fuel, right, to push them to try to get a tournament spot, whether it's nit or NCAA um, for next season, I'm wondering what you think about that.
2: Well, so even if you you know looking judging by the twitters and the and, you know message boards, um, people fans really got behind the hometown guys. Yeah, and and you know and it, they played like they were inspired to play. For these fans, right? So there was a very, to me, it was very synergistic that between fans and that specific group of guys. I don't see that same connection to next year's team, even though you got a Garfield kid coming in, which yeah. is always a big deal.
1: Well, you still have Emmett and PJ. You and- still got
2: Emmett and PJ, but I think. I think you had a special – you had a really special group this year. And yeah. um, so I would love to see them sustain that momentum, but at the same time they got to do something to get people excited again because if they go out and lose, you know, two of their first, you know, four games and all of a sudden people are like, oh, the wheels are already falling off, and then you don't have a Terrell Brown to hold it all together. So,
1: so ultimately you think that is exciting and as exciting and as special as this particular group was to watch and, and, and see play – you don't think it's it's going to be enough to keep the interest going for the general fan?
2: I just, because I think they're going to take a pretty big step back. Okay. And, I mean, they're not going to, I don't think there's any scenario where they're as bad as they were two years ago. Right. Um, which was almost disastrous for the program. Yeah. I mean, it was, they made, they made lemonade out of but They made of, the best lemonade they could have in but, that situation. Let's put it this way.
1: Instead of tying for fifth, you think they're probably going to be like an eighth or ninth. Or something like that.
2: Mm, I think you know they'll finish ahead of Oregon State, but uh, who's the guy? Until there's a rudder, you can't even project them. And that's the crazy thing. You got Oregon State who goes from an elite eight mm-hmm. to now being dead
1: last. Yeah. I mean, did anybody see that coming? I mean, that just—it's it, it, funny how things can change, and and obviously we're seeing the examples of guys who go backwards like that. Mm-hmm. But we're not really. I don't know if people are talking as much about the gains that Washington made.
2: Yeah. Well, I think because gains is relative, like yeah. Washington's not a how many win, how many wins did they win two years ago? They had five total five, wins five and total four, wins. four four conference yeah. wins. So it, unless you're associating Washington with a five win team, yeah. then you know, what's the difference between twelve and seventeen games, right? That they're all those are losing seasons in, okay. in the Pac twelve. Right, those are not acceptable results. No program is going to be okay with 12 to 17 wins. Okay. It's not okay, and it's certainly not okay at Washington, where the standard is a lot higher. So, um, you know, I, I hope that they win double digits next year. Um, it's going to depend on who they get, probably a point guard.
1: Okay, well, perfect. I appreciate it, Beach. Thank you so much for your candid thoughts, as always.
2: Yeah, sorry, I'm not more.
1: <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I asked, I asked, I asked for him. We got him, and I know fans will appreciate the unvarnished look at kind of how you see the the crystal ball for the future is. So for Aaron Beach, our head of hoops, this is Chris Fetters of dogband.com. Go dogs.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.